All right, everybody. It is nine o'clock. Let's get right into it. We do this show every Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitter Spaces, but tonight is Friday night, and we have got a special guest. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. I am super excited to be introducing you guys to Coach O'Neill. Hey, uh, Coach, are you out there? Yes, sir. How you doing, Alan? Man, I'm doing great. I am so happy to talk to you tonight. Hey, why don't you go ahead and maybe kind of introduce yourself? Let everybody know, you know, maybe even a little bit of your background, like where you went to school, maybe in any positions that you played, and uh, just kind of how you got introduced to baseball. Okay. Um, well, my name is Norman O'Neill, originally born and raised in South Carolina, uh, played college ball at Claflin University, HBCU in Orangeburg, South Carolina. Um, there, I was a pitcher, pitched for um, three years, had a great career. Um, once I left there, went into the military, served five years into the Navy, did intel, uh, got out roughly 2016, uh, got medical, retired basically, uh, worked in minor league sports where it came to the Memphis Redbirds, Memphis Grizzlies, um, helped build their G League team, and then um, ultimately came to Voorhees as a sport management professor, now head baseball coach at the university. Um, as far as starting getting into baseball, Honestly, uh, my family's big um, boxing fans and baseball fans, so I've been around baseball my whole life. Um, got my first glove from cutting my aunt's yard, and she gave me some money, and I went to Walmart. I bought my first glove. It was a Tom Glavin glove, Wilson glove. Um, still had that glove. It's not in good shape, but uh, definitely have it and everything. Ever since then, I haven't stopped loving the game. Oh, man, I love it. I grew up a Tom Glavin fan. Of course, I was born in Augusta, Georgia, so I was crazy about the Braves. Okay. You know what I mean? And I watched, I watched the Braves <laughs> yeah. when they were terrible. I mean, horrible. You know? <laughs> and then once they, you know, once they put Glavin and Maddox together and Smoltz and even Steve Avery, my gosh, they had a pitching rotation, man. And I was all about the Braves there for many, many years. <laughs> hey, it's, oh, yeah. it's no oh, doubt. Yeah. I was about to- I about to say we never had a bad time. I mean, I just remember the Braves winning multiple like division championships. So my childhood is always Braves winning championships and even winning the World Series. So kind of glad they kind of got back to the World Series and win. No doubt, man. It was good to see them get back. Hey, so you were a pitcher in college? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Nice. So, so what was your velo? Um, I talked out at eighty-eight. Uh, sat comfortably. Around 86, 87, but I topped out at 80. I might have touched 90, but I don't know. But I know for sure when I got clocked one good time, I was 88. But um, definitely I idolized Pedro Martinez as far as his attitude on the mound and Greg Maddox as far as being a Picasso around the plate. So um, I definitely didn't walk too many guys and stuff, but I also had an attitude on the mound like nobody could touch me. So, I mean, yes, I got horns hit on me, but I had that that confidence on the mile, you know what I'm saying, as Pedro Martinez. Man, I love that. Hey, come on, man. You're the coach. You definitely top 90. You can tell the kid. I mean, you was hitting 92, 93. I mean, come on now. Uh, <laughs> no, see, I, I, I never, I'll never lie to him. I'll tell you a joke, but I, I won't lie to you. I promise you that. Hey, man, that's <laughs> outstanding. You got to respect that. So you touched a little bit on yes, your sir. career after college. But mm-hmm. what, I, you know, one thing that's kind of interesting, I mean, what ultimately led you to Voorhees? And, and what was the position okay. that led you there? Um, so basically, um, like I said, I'm born and raised in South Carolina. So Voorhees from my childhood home is probably like a good 15 minutes. So every time I go to work, I pass by the road, go to my parents' house. 
Um, so I knew about Voorhees my whole life, but um, what got me back to Voorhees was moved back to South Carolina after the pandemic, um, wanting to be closer to home. Had I have two little girls and kind of went raised them around my family and stuff from South Carolina. And um, saw a job opening for sport management in, um, at Voorhees University. Um, I have my master's in sport commerce, so I was like, hey, never, never thought about teaching and stuff, but I was like, I just need a job to provide for my, my daughters and I and stuff. So got the job and everything. Everything was great. Taught for the first semester. Knew the baseball coach then, and um, he always taught baseball with me and everything. Had some of the guys that was in my class as far as student-athletes. And then, um, shoot, what happened was right after Christmas break, I just remember being in my office, just minding my business, you know what I'm saying, doing my grades and stuff, getting ready for class. And two of the players came in and was like, Coach, do you hear the news? And I was like, what's going on? They was like, man, Coach, um, I'm thinking in the worst case scenario, I'm thinking somebody died, COVID got somebody, you know what I'm saying, just during that time period. And it was like, no, nah, Coach left. And I was like, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Two weeks before the season, like, good luck finding somebody. And they literally was like, no. Nah. So we told the AD. Basically, like, hey, you take the job. Mind you, I never met the AD, never never set foot in her office. But they, these kids went and told her a complete lie <laughs> to the point where by the time I left my office, the president sent me a thank you email for taking <laughs> taking the job. The, the uh, AD was calling me her ram in the bush. I'm like, I ain't even got paid. You know what I'm saying? I ain't even said, yes, I'll take the job. But, I mean, honestly, my dad said you got to be careful what you pray for. I remember praying, wanting to um, go back in college athletics and shoot. Rest is history. So honestly, it's a blessing, and I don't don't knock it out. I mean, I love every minute of it. Man, that's an unbelievable story. Honestly, hey, hey, how did the how did the guys on the baseball team how they know you? Were they uh, taking a couple of classes with you? Yeah. So um, basically, um, I have a few of them. My assistant coach, he was in my intro to sport management class. Um, coach Cunningham, <clears throat> um, he played first base for me. Um, and a few others, um, I had a pitcher, um, he was in one of my classes and then my right fielder, um, Pedro Rios, um, they were all in my class and basically just like just building a reputation with them, building a relationship with them. And we just talked baseball. I mean, they will go into class, want to talk about my lesson I had for that day, but they knew we could talk about sports and I just go off on a tangent on sports all day. But, um, they asked me to come to practice one day and I came to practice just, you know what I'm saying, just to show my face, to see what they was doing and stuff, kind of help out what I could see with the pictures and stuff because that was my forte and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's basically how I got into the position, and that's how I really had a relationship with them prior to getting into that head coach position. And that's really cool. One thing I'd like to really know about is what was that first conversation with, with the AD? What was that like when you went up to introduce yourself to her or whatever it was? <laughs> it was like so <laughs> – so I, honestly, it was it was funny because, um, mind you, our track coach Jeffrey Hughes, he was my track coach when I was at Claflin, huh. and then when I graduated, I did some grad assistant with my coach Dan, but um, at that time I was like, man, I need to provide for myself and everything, so I end up going into the military right after the season. So, but um, I remember walking into her office. She was like, "Hey, coach, how you doing?" I was like, "No, it's Mr. O'Neill. Uh, like, <laughs> nice to meet you." And everything, and she's like, "If you're worrying about money, I was like, yes, ma'am, I'm worried about money. I said, I have two daughters, I got to feed. So I was like, you, you, I, yes, I love baseball, but I don't love it that much until I get paid at this point. Now it's like, no, man, like we ain't gonna call me coach yet. And she's like, so coach, this, this is the whole conversation. 
And I was like, you know what? Like, who am I to, like, block this blessing and stuff? So I was like, you know what? I'd be a fool not to take this. So, hey, went with it. And honestly, had a great time with it and having a great time still. Man, that's awesome. And plus, you'd already prayed about it. I mean, what are you going to do at that point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to be careful what you pray about. Trust me. I, I've tried to. I'm true testimony. This is I'm a witness. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get a witness? I love it. Hey, yes, everyone sir. that's yes, joining, sir. thank you so much. Absolutely appreciate you guys being on. If you got on late, we record this, so we're going to be able to retweet it out later. But we're talking with Coach O'Neill. He's the head coach of Voorhees University. It's over in Denmark, South Carolina. It's an NAIA school. And I got to, you know, that that look, that story is just so unbelievable. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just a fantastic story. But I got to imagine you know, with the coach leaving the way the coach left, the program probably wasn't in the best of shape. And you were probably stepping into a little bit of a fire. So what's, what's been some of the biggest challenges to kind of get this ship going the, the, the direction you wanted to go? Well, honestly, just to give you a little backstory about like the program prior to, so the seniors that just graduated, they, I was their fifth head coach in four years. So that right there goes there and paints a picture of, like, the different coaching philosophy as far as, like, um, their expectation on a coach. Like, basically trying to gain their trust because every year they had somebody different. So it's honestly like they're like, oh, he's just here just to collect the check. But honestly, I was there, you know what I'm saying, because I love the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, they invested so much into me. They saw me being in this position. They probably were just desperate to have a coach, but they didn't know what type of person I am. You know what I'm saying? If I do something, I want to do it 110%. I'm – Never a person who think I know everything. I tell them all the time. You never know. This game, you, you still got to learn it every day. You always learn something new. But um, honestly, the program, I like I tell them all the time, um, I know how a winning program is. In high school, I had a winning program. When I was at Clapham, we had a winning program. Um, the mindset and everything, the culture there, um, just basically trying to change that whole narrative of, you know what I'm saying, we're just an HBCU program. Like I was telling them, I was like growing up, I thought the Major League Baseball was a predominantly black sport. Jermaine Dye, Frank Thomas, Ken Griffey's, um, the Jared Sheffields, Fred McGriff's, like, list goes on. That's all I knew growing up, and let alone my uncles and my granddad and my dad. But, um, but yeah, it was basically, yeah. I mean, like I tell people all the time, it was like building a plane, trying to build a plane, drawing the blueprints while in the air, and trying to make sure I put it together before it crashed. But um, it's been a huge challenge. I love challenges. That's one thing I like about the job. It's a challenge every day. But um, I honestly saying, like, now with the group of guys we brought in last year and this year, definitely um, myself and Coach Cunningham, we're building a program where we want, where we want and so we could be successful. Moving I forward. love it. So I, th- I think one of the keys that you were just hitting on was the recruiting piece. And no oh, question yeah. about it. I mean, you got to build your own team. So – you know, what are you doing in regards to really kind of attracting kids to Voorhees? And then and then once you attracted kids or you're looking to attract them, specifically, what kind of kid are you really looking for? You know, obviously outside of the plus skill set, you know, so how do you attract a kid? And then what is it in a kid that you're really looking for? I mean, honestly, like I can't. I cannot take all the credit when it comes down to the recruiting because my assistant coach, um, Coach Cunningham, is honestly a blessing. Him being a player for me, his IQ and everything, but then also his charisma and his gift of gab, um, being able to reach kids and honestly understand the youth at this, like this time, this generation. We always joke about it all the time. He's like, man, Coach, the kids love this. 
you know what I'm saying, with social media stuff. I know how to do all that. I did that in professional sport. But, um, you know what I'm saying, with being a head coach, you can't really – can't focus on that. Uh, I don't have luxury like the Tim Corbins, you know what I'm saying, or the Biancos that have, like, a staff to do all that. Myself and Coach Cunningham, we have to do everything when it comes to our marketing, recruiting, budget, travel. We do all that ourselves. Um, and we're still learning new things and how to save money and stuff. But um, when it comes down to recruiting kids for the program, I mean, we want somebody with good character, you know what I'm saying, what comes – you know what I'm saying? They, they're a selfless person. Uh, we don't want anybody that's selfish. You got to be humble. I tell, I tell the players all the time last year, if, you don't, if you're not humble in this game, this game will definitely humble you real quick. Uh, once somebody that's tough, you know what I'm saying, that's have thick skin and stuff because going from a team where you used to be the guy, now you're going to be on a team with a bunch of people that are the guy, you know, who, are the, who were the, the best guy on their team or their trial ball team. Um, just being able to have somebody that's coachable. Um, and honestly, that's somebody that can just be there, you know what I'm saying, ready to give me 110%. I can appreciate that. It's hard to find all that wrapped up in the guys. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yes, sir. No question is. about it. So and I tell you, Coach Cunningham sounds like an unbelievable guy. You know, I've, I had the opportunity to talk to him very briefly, and he just blew me away. It sounds like an outstanding <laughs> young man. Definitely is. No definitely question is. about it. So what's the sell? Once you find the once you find a guy – this, that fits the character, it's got the skill set, it's got the GPA, you know, he's coachable. What's the sales pitch to, to get him to come? So, I mean, most of the, uh, most of the kids, honestly, that probably listen to your podcast or you probably in, interview, everybody has their aspiration going D1. Like, everybody wants to go D1, everybody wants to play for the SECs, you know, some ACCs, the Pac-12s, you know, some of the big name programs and stuff. Not knocking Division Two or NAI, but like the goal to playing college baseball is actually get some playing time. Um, I played with some some top caliber players, you know, like in my past and stuff, who turned out D one offers to go to a D two just to get more playing time. So my sale is to them, like, hey, well, I go to another school and be a guy that's just like on a team and everything, where you can come here and be the guy. Like, mind you, we got some D one caliber, D two caliber guys that's playing for our program. Um, so it's honestly like just telling them, Hey, you can come here and you can actually flourish. You know, it's not only academically, but athletically. And then let alone like the connections myself and coach Cunningham, um, built when it comes to league for our scouts and stuff. Like we have connections where we can get the guys noticed. So it's basically like telling them like, Hey, it's almost like, um, like I was trying to tell coach Cunningham last year, <clears throat> it's basically like you're trying to, you're trying to date somebody, you're trying to court somebody. They got all these people that's trying to talk to them and everything, but you're basically trying to tell them why you're the best fit for them. And it's honestly up to them. And most of the time, you know what I'm saying, they honestly just like the fact that I'm honest. I'm really honest with them. I tell them, like, I'm, I can't promise you a position. I can't promise you a start, starting position, excuse me, but I can uh, promise you an opportunity to prove to us that you, you do deserve one. And honestly, guys want that. Um, the which surprises me. Like, I don't want somebody that wants to be – this, I want somebody that wants to earn it, um, not give it to them. Man, I love that all the way around. I mean, and anybody that's worth anything is going to love just to have an opportunity to begin with. And oh, I got to yeah. say, the thing that you were really hitting on about the, you know, it's the D1 or bust. I hear that. I hear mm-hmm. that all the time. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I think it's really cost a lot of guys a bust. <laughs> there's been a lot mm-hmm. of bust out there. I don't think that guys and their parents really appreciate the skill set that's at every level. You know, 
I think they probably get tired of, of coaches and advisors and, and people that have been around the game just saying, hey, go to a practice. If Go to one of your local colleges' practice. Mm-hmm. Go see what a D3 looks like. Go see what a JUCO looks like. Go see what an NAIA looks like. And then you tell me, where do you see yourself fitting in? And, you know, right. and a majority of kids don't want to do it. <laughs> one, they don't want to face the reality. You know, they want to kind of think, hey, I was the Little League All-Star. You know, everybody thought I was going to go to the MLB. And, you know, I still right. weigh 160 pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So, right. I mean, I just don't think they truly appreciate the the talent level that's there. And and then the second piece that kind of goes along with not only the talent level is really how difficult it is to to be on your own as a college student, to go to school, mm-hmm. To, to worry about your grades, to worry about cleaning up after yourself, cooking, washing your clothes, getting to practice on time. I mean, it's all of a sudden you've stepped into a man's world. It, it, exactly. And as I kind of think about that, just kind of give us a sense because our, our real core audience are uncommitted kids. You know what I mean? They're, 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 they're guys mm-hmm. looking for an opportunity. So just kind of give us a sense. What is the day-to-day for your players, you know, kind of in season and out of season, what are they doing? I got, I got you. So basically like I try to tell, like I tell my guys all the time and um, the luxury of a professional athlete, they don't have to worry about going to class. They don't have to worry about doing community service hours. They just wake up, work out and show up to the field and play ball. But um, a student athlete, you know what I'm saying? Not just baseball, just in general, um, wake up, you go to class. Um, if you don't have conditioning, hold on, let me scratch that because I know if some of my guys are listening, they probably be cursing me out right now. Um, <laughs> first off, you have you have conditioning early in the morning, and when I mean early in the morning, it depends on your coach if they're crazy like me. Four o'clock in the morning, um, starting at five o'clock, you have to be there by four thirty. Um, once you finish with conditioning, um, then you're going straight into your class, dealing with class and stuff. You might have, you might lift during the um, daytime, depends on your schedule, on your own. But then after that, you have practice in, in the afternoons. Um, I'm just going by my program. Every program is different. Um, once you get to practice, um, have your team practice and everything, then you might have weights um, as well thrown in as also. And then on top of that, you have to study. Not only just the requirements to be a student athlete, you have to have those requirements, but also you have to study to keep your GPA up, not only keep your scholarship, but as well as, well as to stay eligible and everything. So it's a lot of time management skills that um, – student athletes should have prior to coming to college. That's what I tell my recruits. If you're not used to waking up early in the morning, start waking up early now. Um, they have the luxury of just waking up and going to class and everything like that, basically having their schedule kind of made for them. But when you come to college, you make your own schedule when it comes to classes. But when it comes down to the athletic side, you have a schedule set for you, but it's more of hard of it's, – it's kind of hard to maintain if you don't have time management skills because you got to have a personal life. And one thing I can say about the NCAA NAI, they do want us to make sure that we let them be students. They are kids, you know what I'm saying? They are young adults. We can't just make them professional athletes, want them to do stuff 100%. But honestly, like, your whole day is literally scripted for you when it comes from conditioning, weight lift, weightlifting, study hall. You might have community service. If you're part of a student government association, another student club, let alone you want to hang out with your friends, or your significant other, like the list goes on, you know what I'm saying? So when it's the off season, I mean, 
obviously right now most of my guys they're playing um collegiate ball they're playing summer ball some of them are working out with personal coaches and everything <clears throat> and some of them are in the process of trying to get back to school early because we got some guys coming in for um july you know what i'm saying so it's a constant cycle um so it takes a special type of person to play college um ball being a college athlete let alone college baseball because it's a long season um, we play 50 games so just add that on top of the school schedule like it's a rigorous schedule for you no doubt about it man i appreciate you going yeah. through that that is a that is a very rigorous schedule day to day and i think that's the other piece that a lot of high school kids can't quite grasp you know just how difficult that and i hate to use the word grind because baseball is still mm-hmm. a game and it's fun and college is fun and all that but it is a grind. I mean, this is this is serious work. You know what I mean? And it takes a it takes a very mature person to be able to handle that. And it takes coaches that have a kind of a mature outset to be able to lead them and guide them and help them to be successful as well. Because I, I would imagine you're more interested in what's happening on the field, honestly, than you are what's yes. happening off the field. So you need them to take care of their business. The one call I hate is my AD calling me anytime after eight o'clock, <laughs> and I kid you not, it's been times my AD will call me at eight o'clock, and it's just to remind me of something she wants me to do tomorrow. And like, I'm not gonna say like I have a perfect program. Yes, I had some calls where I got called in the middle of the night, and she's like, "Hey, coach, I don't know what's going on campus, but something happened with a student." And I'm like, "Lord, please don't let me one of my one of my players and stuff." So it's like it's like one of the things like a good a good day for me is going to bed and waking up and not having a phone call. I'm like, Hey, we're good. I'm in good standing. If I get a call, I'm like, Lord Jesus, please don't let it be. (laughs) I love that. They don't understand. They don't understand that. Like I got so many gray hairs from last year starting to now. Like it's crazy. My daughters, they are the brutally honest kids in the world. I got a five-year-old and three-year-old, two little girls. And my daughter's like, daddy, you got more gray hair on this side and this side. I was like, thanks. I appreciate it. Now they say I'm going bald, so it's like, man, it's crazy. So, well, then, <laughs> hey, especially thank you for taking my phone call. I absolutely appreciate you coming <laughs> on, man. <laughs> no problem, man. No problem. I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> I just got lucky. I called you before eight o'clock. You'll answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no man, no. no I'm, I'm, honestly, right now, myself and Coach Cunningham, we're down here, and um, in Atlanta, well, Lawrenceville, I'm supporting one our uh, one our players, Jordan Hill. He's in the minority baseball prospect. Um, all-star game, HBCU all-star game. Um, so definitely minority baseball prospects has been doing it. It's a huge platform, not only for HBCUs or minority baseball players, but shoot all baseball players in general. So for those who are listening, um, definitely reach out to them so they can get your information out there. I mean, we're so well-connected with organization stuff, so I could go on and That's on awesome, about man. that. So I apologize. I about love that. That, <laughs> that was uh, Jordan Neal, N-E-A-L? Jordan, no, Jordan oh, Hill. Hill. Okay. Yes, uh, sir. And uh, what year is he? He is – so Jordan came – he is a sophomore on the field, but he's a junior in the class. So, yeah, he he transferred in, yes, sir. So, um, definitely Jordan, he led the team batting average, batted 361 for me. Um, phenomenal kid. Never had a problem with him. Um, off the field, anything like that. I call him Unk. He's like, he has an old soul and everything. So he, he kind of keeps me straight and stuff. I like players like Jordan because they have like this old spirit to them, but they also, you don't have to worry about them. If you ask them to do something, they're going to do it. And then also it kind of reverberates to the team. 
when it comes down to their energy and stuff, when they see him excel, everybody else wants to excel. It kind of contagious. No doubt about it, man. And that just touched on everything we were talking about with the classroom and, and, and that oh, whole yeah. life. You got to just have those mature guys, man. That's awesome. Oh yeah. Glad to have, glad to hear about him, Jordan Hill. And so he'll be, he's coming yes, back sir. as a junior, but really has three years yes, left if he stays. Oh yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, with Voorhees university, we have a master's program now and with him being a sport manager major, I want to say we're going to add an uh, NBA um, this upcoming fall. So if he wants to come back for his grad year, I mean, sure, I have it for another year. So if he tells me that, I I would not deny him. Trust me, he's he's a hell of a bat. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to worry about him off the field, and he's honestly a great leader man, on the that's field. That's awesome. Might take care of one or two of those gray hairs. Uh, man, no. Nah, <laughs> I might just have to get some, like, like just for me or something, you know what I'm saying? The kind of whatever they call it, like the the beard dying kid. I don't know. <laughs> hey, if you are listening to the show and you're an uncommitted high school prospect, 23s even, 24, 25 certainly, or even a JUCO, and you would like to be a part of this series, uh, typically we are talking to uncommitted Monday through Thursday. We do it at 9 o'clock. I think it's a great forum. As you've heard Coach O'Neill already talk about mm-hmm. what it takes to, to be successful off the field. I think the form that we present for the kids, it gives them a, an opportunity to kind of say, look at, the, look at the, um, uh, the, the work that I've been doing. You know, I, I've been putting right. in the work for the GPA and so forth. I've got high morals. And it, let me tell you, Coach, hey, you're not going to have to worry about me off the field. So it's a pretty cool form. If you want to be a part of this, just reach out to me. You can uh, get me on Twitter. I'm now underscore uh, D1. So – let, let me ask you this, uh, Coach. Voorhees being NAIA, kind of just for the guys that are listening to the show that are uncommitted, just kind of give us a sense of how the scholarships work there. Like, is it based solely on, on dollars or is it a, a number, you know, a specific number of scholarships that are available and you're able to kind of break that up into percentages and then there's some a- academic money potentially that goes with it or just kind of give us a sense of how the scholarships work. Um, so basically, <coughs> excuse me. Um, so basically how scholarship for, you know what I'm saying? Just for us at Voorhees, um, I have a, a certain dollar amount and honestly coming into uh, the position and stuff, I always thought scholarships were actual like dollars, like actual money. But it basically, like I joke around, say like discount, discount codes. Um, so the school basically gives me uh, a set number amount where I can actually break them off into scholarships. So when it comes down to having a student athlete on a full athletic scholarship, if any listener out here right now, they have a buddy that's saying he getting a full athletic scholarship to play anywhere for any sport. I'm just letting you know they're telling a lot because <laughs> there's no such thing. Uh, if they, I mean, unless they're like going to like a D1 powerhouse football program, that's something totally different. That's a different animal. But when it comes to just overall, um, it's going to be some type of partial scholarship where it's taking care of like some type of tuition or books. But then on top of that, it might be stacked with an academic um, scholarship. So how it works with the Voorhees, and we have um, athletic monies as well as um, academic monies where um, student athletes can't qualify for. It's basically the af- academic side of it is first come, first serve. But once a student athlete does get on campus, um, myself and Coach Cunningham, we do do our best to help um, mitigate that cost when it comes down to, like, the loan amounts or, you know what I'm saying, adding more scholarship when it comes outside of 
our academic pot that we can get as student athletes. So it doesn't stop. Like I tell parents all the time, it might be here, but I promise you I'm going to get your kids some more money outside of athletics, you know what I'm saying, when it comes from academics, third parties, or even donors um, donating to the program to help out with scholarship. Awesome. Hey, thank you for that run through. And uh, I got to tell you with the baseball, I mean, it does. Hey, honestly, D1, a D1 baseball player, maybe, maybe a pitcher is getting a full Mm -hmm. ride, but kind of outside of that. I mean, you know, the majority of the kids, their parents are paying for them to go to school. (laughs) Yeah. I about to say every tier is different. I want to say D1. I think the most they have is, 9.1, 9.1, anybody that can correct me, hey, um, I, I don't know those numbers, but I know with NAI, the max scholarship for um, athletics is 12. Um, I would love to have 12 scholarships for he's <laughs> because I know for sure, you know, so I can get more kids in, you know what I'm saying? But we're in the process of building there because our president and our AD have aspirations of moving us to Division Two. So for all the listeners out there, if you want to play Division Two ball in the next few years, definitely, you know what I'm saying, keep us in mind and stuff, reach out to us. And everything because we're in the process of adding more stuff to our programs, to our institution, as well as upgrading the facilities hey, to help us make that. That's lead. awesome. That's really incredible. I yes, mean, sir. what too long ago, Voorhees was Voorhees College, <clears throat> and now yes, it's sir. Voorhees yeah. University. So I mean, that yes, yeah, sir. that's outstanding. You guys are definitely on the on the rise up. Yes, hey, sir. Um, what is what what's what is your expectation? Uh, you know, it, kind of a realistic, where do you really see Voorhees being in the next five, 10 years? I mean, you know, it, it, you kind of put together your program and, you know, what would you envision? And then what is the conversation kind of to, to recruits at that point? Um, honestly, me and my, uh, myself and Coach Cunningham, we talk about this all the time. Um, in the next five years, we definitely going to be uh, – baseball program where it's going postseason is going to be uh just part of our season it's going to be a regular thing um where it's not like some teams they're trying to build for that pro um to the postseason like we're doing right now uh, we're going to be a name uh, program that's going to be associated in the postseason when it comes to conference play is you know what I'm saying my aspiration is to one day play in the world series um who why not you know what I'm saying a little Voorhees and stuff who says that Voorhees University couldn't play for NAIA um, World Series Championship um, when it comes down to it. But um, what else, you know what I'm saying, having opportunities as far as when it comes down to that aspect, we're definitely building for that. So we're going to be that program where, you know what I'm saying, we're going to play for the postseason. We're going to also have – we have the annual pro days. We hosted our first annual pro day this past fall, honestly. Had um, eight scouts out there – oh, no, six scouts, excuse me. Um, had a great turnout with um, local um, universities and colleges coming out to our pro day. But um, when it comes down to Voorhees, we're definitely doing things the right way as um, far as when it comes down to building a program for the future. I believe it. I mean, just one, just the excitement energy you have. I mean, it just naturally draws people towards you, I can tell. And Coach Cunningham sounds like he's unbelievable as well. And Right. Yes, and then you couple that with uh, the way Voorhees is on the rise. I mean, it, I mean, it's pretty impressive. I mean, if I'm a kid, I've got to be looking at you. You know, here's a coach that's going to take care of me, that's uh, going to give me an opportunity to play, potentially, just going to give me that opportunity. He's going to be straightforward. He's going to be honest, going to lay out, here are, the, here are the pluses and here are the minuses. And the minuses are, mm-hmm. this is how tough it is to go through a, a day-to-day at Voorhees. 
but here are the pluses. And, and one of the pluses, you can just kind of look to a player like Jordan Hill as an example, and uh, you're building something. I mean, it's kind of exciting. You know yeah. what I mean? And you are yes, sir, no question is. about it. I mean, that, and, and the story that you're always going to be able to tell that you were the baseball coach before you even knew you were the baseball coach, you know, that'll <laughs> never go away. I mean, that's, that, that, right. that thing is just really cool. Honestly, it would have been even it was been it would have been funnier if I was reading my email because I get a ton of emails every day and it would have popped up in my email want to announce the new hiring of the head coach Norman O'Neill for baseball. I'm like, oh, that's awesome! Like I'm have to tell him thank you and I'm Norman O'Neill. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's like honestly it's like something off of a. Movie, it is funny. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's crazy. Like what? Like this doesn't happen to a normal person. But I love that. Honestly, I tell people all the time, God doesn't make a mistake. He puts you in places. You know what I'm saying? Where you're supposed to be. And I feel like me being at Voorhees is where I'm supposed to be. And what we're doing, we honestly turn around and change like shoot. I'm just thinking about far as when it came down to, you know what I'm saying, just upgrading the facilities. Uh, I didn't think we would have got brand new uh, facilities as far as brand new irrigation and brand new sod and stuff. I thought I was going to be in four years. Shoot, we got that after my first year, literally the first summer. Got, um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a type of person I don't take no for an answer. Um, if administration they tell me no i'm asking them why and then with me having my business acumen i'm reading the fine lines i'm reading the black the the, the small print you know what I'm saying people don't want to read and once i find something i present it to you they had another choice but to say yes so we're upgrading facilities and honestly like people reaching back like man i never seen Voorhees like the baseball feel a little like this so i'm like well it's, it's more to come trust me i like i'm i don't want anything be associated with Voice University anymore being antiquated, nothing. Like, especially if I have anything to do with it. Um, so when it comes down to that, and then on top of that, just the type of guys we have in our program and the guys we're attracting. I mean, we're attracting D1 caliber guys like David Johnson, you know what I'm saying, from Combine Academy. So our catcher, Keelan Sloan by himself, you know what I'm saying, he can be in D1 program. He made first team all-conference CAC, and that's with Georgia Gwinnett. So – that says volumes of his his ability. So, I mean, the list goes on. My shortstop Joseph Gaines. I mean, I can go on about my guys and stuff. So I apologize about that. Um, I mean, I always like to talk about my program. I like to talk about my guys and stuff. So, definitely. Hey, don't apologize. I mean, if I'm sitting here thinking, if there's any guys that are out there that are not committed and they're looking for a program to be excited about and want to be a part of. I got to be giving Coach O'Neill a call. I mean, what I asked you earlier, <laughs> what's your sales pitch? I, I think I just heard it. I mean, that's awesome. That's very, very exciting. So let, let me, let me do ask you, and we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here for kids mm-hmm. that are uncommitted right now, you know, what kind of advice would you give them, especially taking into account, you know, the NCAA has kind of changed the contact rule just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then every day for the last couple of days, certainly when you get on Twitter, it is a flood of transfer guys that are hitting the portal. I think it's like 4,000 guys that are in the portal right now. So could you imagine, you know, if you're a 24 or 25, you're uncommitted, you know, you're you're probably getting a little nervous as you're kind of looking at this scenario. Right. What kind of advice would you give them? Um, Don't overlook any opportunity. Um, Regardless of the program, where it's located, the the division, don't overlook it. Um, because you never know what that program is going to do for your career. And like I try to tell everybody all the time, even recruits, one day you're going to hang up your cleats. Um, don't just look at the athletics and everything. Look at the academics. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to provide. You're going One day you're going to be 
a husband, you're going to be a father. You have to provide for somebody else outside of you. So also don't just look at the athletics part. Look at academic part, what that school can do for you if they have your major. Don't just look at listening to the coach. If you have aspirations to be an engineer and that school doesn't have engineering, don't go to that school that doesn't have engineering. Go to the program. Go to the school that fits you. Don't listen to the coaches because, honestly, um, the coaches, they're going to tell you everything. I'm not going to say a lie. I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going uh, I will never tell you a lie. I'm going to tell you brutally honest. If, if I feel like you're a better fit somewhere else, I'm going to tell you that. And I always tell guys, if you decide to go somewhere else, don't think the conversation stops here. Because I have a, a plethora of ne- – I have a huge network when it comes to friends, ex-teammates, in the industry, and in other like walks of life that I can help you get connected Jeez. with. So don't, don't turn down any conversation with any coach. Um, when, I, when it comes down to the recruiting process, if you haven't been signed yet, hey, at the end of the day, if your goal is to play college baseball, go somewhere and start there. Build there. If you're good, they're going to find you. I promise you that. Don't trust me. It's, it's been times where I done played against teams. I'm like, that kid should not be playing there. And then later on, you see that kid transferring, going somewhere else. So don't think that going to a school, you're locked in for life and everything. You can come to a school and you can transfer out. Now, mind you, you have to start the whole process over. But, hey, you have that option. By the end of the day, don't, don't cut off any conversation. Look at every opportunity that's going to best fit you. Man, that's great advice. No big leaguing. Mm-mm, no, no, you, you're not. A, I, that's the, that's the that's the big thing. Most of the kids are like, oh yeah, yeah. You're not a professional athlete. You're a student athlete. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're a student. You have to think about that student part before the athletic part. If you're not a student in the classroom, you would never touch the field. <laughs> like you, I don't care how good you are. You can be a five star. You can be a five two player. If you don't have, if you're not getting drafted, and you're going to a school, if you don't have that student aspect um, in line, you would not touch the field. Man, I got to tell you, nothing but truth from you tonight, Coach O'Neill. Man, I have absolutely yes, enjoyed this. I do want to let everyone know that uh, th- this Twitter space, we're going to make it a podcast. In fact, we make all of them a podcast. Uh, it's the Now uh, D1 Speaks show. It's on every platform that you could imagine. If you have listened to this tonight, I would absolutely, hey, do me a favor. Go out there and find it and subscribe to it. And uh, what you're going to end up hearing are a lot of guys that are looking for an opportunity that have got their act together that are qualified. Coaches are absolutely subscribing because they're finding recruits this way. And if you're just a baseball enthusiast, I would say jump on because about every other Friday or so, we're going to have a special guest like we did with Coach O'Neill, And you're going to get to really hear a lot of experience, a lot of enthusiasm. It's going to make you appreciate the direction that this game is is headed because it's in really, really good hands. Hey, Coach O'Neill, I know you took time out tonight. You know, you could certainly be watching Jordan Hill to talk to us. I can't thank you enough. I have really, really enjoyed getting to know you. I hope you've had a good time here and that it was worth uh, you being on. The platform for um, uncommitted and, you know what I'm saying, up-and-coming uh, student-athletes, you know what I'm saying, to have a platform to reach out to, <coughs> excuse me, my allergies are killing me, um, to get to the next level. <coughs> Man, I'm, I apologize. Um, but um, definitely, I appreciate everything you're doing for the sport. Um, um, anyway, myself, Coach Cunningham, Voorhees University Baseball Program can help your, your podcast out. Let me know. Let myself know. Let Coach Cunningham know. 
But um, also, you know what I'm saying, I just want to be just say thank you again for having me on. Um, if it wasn't for honestly, if it wasn't for Coach Cunningham, um, he wouldn't um I won't be here talking to you. So I'm I'm thankful for even having him on my staff and everything. And I honestly I was just looking at the list of the guys and so stuff. I see some of my knuckleheads on here. So um <laughs> if you don't mind, I wanna say um Juan James, um uh, on my second baseman is definitely um love him to death. He's a presidential scholar, matter of fact. Um, he's one of my kids. I don't have to worry about at all. Three point six or three point eight um, from Atlanta and stuff. And then the my pitching coach, he likes to say Xander Casares. <laughs> you know, what I'm saying that's just me. Like I try to tell my guys all the time. Tell recruits, um, we're family. Yeah, I might be your coach. This might be a baseball program, but at the end of the day, we're family. Um, anything I could do to help, not only um, my guys, but shoot recruits. I'm going to do my best. You know what I'm saying? I have a ton of um, messages in Twitter. My goal is before Sunday, they have my, my Twitter, all my answers and everything reached out, you know what I'm saying, clear it up. But anyway, I can help you all out. I know a bunch of coaches. If you're trying to find a program, we don't have – if you don't feel like us, where Voorhees is not a good place for you, which I feel like it could be the best place for anybody. But if you don't feel like we're a good fit, let me know, and I can help you get somewhere else. At the end of the day, it's all, it's all about trying to make sure you all better at the end of the day. Man, that's awesome. What a great attitude. Okay. Coach O'Neill, again, thank you. I hope we can stay in touch. I can't imagine that we wouldn't. I would love, man. I would love it. Maybe a year from now, two years from now, maybe just an annual thing. I would love oh, for you to come back on this show and just keep definitely. getting updates. Oh, definitely. And I mean, anytime, Al. I mean, shoot, you're from the CSRA. You're from Augusta. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, we have that connection right there. So, anytime you want to have me on, definitely by all means to so just future shows and stuff. And I, I can promise you this, like yearly updates on a yearly basis, I don't, all you're going to hear is nothing but, you know what I'm saying, victories and small victories, big victories and everything. I'm claiming it and everything. I already see what the power of prayer does, so I'm <laughs> claiming more victories in the future. I love it, man. Thank oh, you so much. Barbosa, I see my man, boy. I see you soon in the fall, boss, man. I just saw I saw my um, future catcher coming in that's going to be behind Keelan Sloan. So they will learn from Keelan Sloan. So I just saw him on here, too, so. I apologize, Alan. <laughs> no, I'm thrilled, man. I love it. You keep talking. Keep selling it. it yes, is sir. Awesome, yes, sir. Man. Hey, I have really enjoyed it. Why don't we just end it here tonight, though? Okay, then. Thank you for everybody being on. Thank you so much, Coach O'Neill. Thank you, Coach Jamo. you know, for kind of connecting us. And uh, certainly wish you guys nothing but the best. So, Alan, thank you. before you go, you will be you will be doing yourself a disservice if you don't have my assistant coach on one night. I promise you. He's, he's a great guy to have on, too. So I believe it, man. I got to tell you, I begged him to come on. But I got to tell you, he said, no, I don't want to. I want to have Coach O'Neill have all the spotlight. And I'm this like, guy, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. You know what? I appreciate him even more. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, y'all enjoy the evening. And thank you guys so much. Good night. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Good night.